Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you want more of the Word, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. So, you guys, I am so excited about this week's Bible study. Um, With this week's Bible study, it came from a very special place. That place being, uh, I was playing the game with uh, Broderick and Micah, and Broderick was telling me about this real rough patch that he had been in. And as he started to glorify just how good God had been to him and how much God had brought him out of within a short time span, it not only blessed me to hear that our father had helped my brother through some difficult areas in his life, but also it just further reiterated to me just how good God is when we're in those dry places, when we're in those um, those deserts, I'll say, when we're just at our lowest and we don't know what else to do. We just look up to God and we cry out. And sometimes it may seem like uh, he's not speaking, but in actuality, he's just waiting to see how you'll handle things in most cases, because he's already equipped you for every good work using his word. That's exactly what it's here for. So our topic for tonight is called Fly High and Testify. Now, we usually testify every single week. Either I do it myself personally to start us off throughout the Bible study at the end, or you guys do when the floor opens up. But what exactly is a testimony? Now, we know what it means in an order of court cases, and it pretty much carries the same definition over to when we uh, talk about it from a biblical standpoint. And the definition would be, it's a solemn declaration or affirmation made for the purpose of establishing or proving some fact. Such affirmation in judicial proceedings may be verbal or written, but must be under oath. Testimony differs from evidence. Testimony is the declaration of a witness, and evidence is the effect of that declaration on the mind or the degree of light which it affords. Now, that's awesome to me, simply because when you testify about something that God has done in your life, something that God is doing in your life, something that God is about to do in your life. Because yes, we can testify for things that are going to come. It just, it uplifts not only you, the believer, but your brothers and sisters to a different plane of praise. We all the time, we say that God is good. We have that that notion that God is good all the time. And yes, all the time, he really is good. But to the outside people who are trying to look in and who want to come join us. They want to know, well, how is God good? Well, that's the purpose of your testimony. It's to tell them exactly how good our God really is. Is he good by name alone? Or is he good because you actually tested him by his word? You tested his love. You tested the situation by just trusting him. 
I told you guys a few weeks ago, I left my position with the school system because I prayed to the Lord and that's what he led me to do. Am I looking back? No, not at all. But we'll get into different things like that. Let's hop into the word. We're going to start off at the, the beginning, which is the end. And by that, I mean Revelation. So we'll start off in Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 through 17. All right. So the Bible says, then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last. Salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, though the one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens, rejoice. But terror will come on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. When the dragon realized that he had been thrown down to earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But she was given two wings like those of a great eagle, so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. There she would be cared for and protected from the dragon for a time, times, and half a time. Then the dragon tried to drown the woman with the flood of water that flowed from his mouth. But the earth helped her by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that gushed out from the mouth of the dragon. And the dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children, all who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. Now, that's slightly a mouthful, but let's break it down. The children of God, being us, all those who keep the Lord's commandments, who do everything within the strength that he's given us to keep pushing forward, to keep serving God, to keep spreading the gospel, to keep improving. All of us have already been given the victory over the enemy. And it was by the blood of the lamb, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross that slayed him, that took all the power he thought he had and removed it from him and reminded him of his position. And secondly, it's our testimony, the fact that we have the ability and the strength through God to say that Jesus Christ is Lord, that I can openly admit that, not just me saying it, but me accepting it and believing it in my heart because it has been shown to me that there is no other God except for the one true God, whose name is Jesus, Yahweh, his eternal covenant name. It's that testimony right there that has defeated the enemy. It's our testimonies as we go throughout life and we struggle or we hit lows, even when we hit highs in life, no matter what it is, when we testify to one another the goodness that is the glory of the Lord, then we are continually reminded that the enemy is defeated. And then there are times in our lives, just as verse 14 starts, <clears throat> where the enemy is coming after you, like the roaring lion he is described as, trying to seek somebody that he can kill, someone that he can devour, somebody that he can just tear up. 
But whenever the enemy tries to come against you, let's flip back to the OT real quick. Whenever the enemy tries to come against you, the Lord himself raises a standard against him. And we can testify to that alone. The enemy tried to stop me here by kicking me off my job. The enemy tried to stop me here by denying that loan that I needed from the bank. The enemy stopped me here because I may have failed this test. But God rose a standard against my enemy because it is not I who fights the battle. It's the Lord who fights the battle on my behalf. And the battle is fixed because it was already won before time came into play. So when we look at our issues, our problems, our different circumstances that we deal with in life, we should always be reminded that we've already won because Jesus won. He overcame this world for you and for me. And the fact that we can testify to that is evident proof as we look in our lives each and every day that we take his breath just at how good God is, at all the wonderful things he's doing, that despite a pandemic, a lot of us are doing so much better spiritually and mentally than we ever have been in our lives. And why is that? Because we've been forced to sit in a place and to just talk to our Father, something that we should be able to do without the world technically being shut down. But glory be to God, no matter what's going on in this world, he's always in control. The Lord is greater than any and everything out there because he is the creator of all. That's something we've talked about and we'll keep talking about. James chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. And the Bible says, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, Look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Now, what does that say for you and for me? Well, the prophets of old throughout Everything that was going on, the wars, uh, their people being slaughtered, the fact that a lot of times the, the children of God were displaced and they were nomadic at some points throughout their tenure until the Lord really allowed them to just settle down in one place. Throughout everything that they went through, they continued to praise the Lord. Though there will always be people that fall off, just as the Bible says there's a remnant. There is a select group of us who no matter what we go through, we will always stand firm in our faith because it is our faith in Christ Jesus that has kept a lot of us sane. It's our faith in Christ Jesus that kept me sane, that kept me from wanting to go way off into the deep end. It's the same faith in Christ Jesus that gives sight to the blind, 
that heals the unhealable, that makes the impossible places look absolutely possible because you realize that on your own merit, that thing we talked about last week, you don't have any strength, but your true strength, your inner strength, the strength that comes only from Jesus is magnified when you testify about him. Like Paul said, in my weaknesses, I begin to boast about those because just like God told him, in your weaknesses and your place of deficiency, that's when his power is made perfect. That's when it's shown off the best because it didn't look like to you or anybody else that there could be something done. But glory be to God, his power overshadowed your circumstances. It overcame your issues, your situations, your tribulations. It overcame every dark and vile thought that you had. It, it overcame the fact that you may have wanted to throw in a towel, that you may have wanted to commit suicide because it seemed like the easy way out. But when you testify, when you give God the praise through the suffering, when you give God the praise after the suffering, before the suffering, at the high point when the money is coming in, at the high point when your creativity is the best, at whatever point in your life when you testify about the goodness and the glory of the Lord, then just like the woman who was given the wings like eagles so she could fly to her place of protection within God, then you too, just like the Bible tells us, can mount up on wings like an eagle. You can run and not be weary. You can walk and not faint because God has given you everything you need to continue. And the testifying that we do, not only does it help the next person and it shows other people just how good God is and can be for them, but it reminds you that you don't have to give up because you've been fighting for a long time. I know sometimes we stop seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, but remember this, you are clean, just as Jesus said. You are already pruned and purified because of the word he has implanted into your lives and your hearts and has written on your mind. The only thing that happens now after you've been saved is your feet tend to get dirty. And because they get dirty and now we're accustomed to being clean, sometimes we lose sight of what's important. But because God is so good, that but God steps in. Don't ever forget about that. But because God is so good, he reminds you, look, baby, I never left you. I promised you I would never leave you nor forsake you. I wouldn't leave you abandoned like an orphan, but that I would always be right there with you forever and ever, world without end, until the end of the age. I'm never going to leave you. There may be quiet times in your life, but testify about the goodness and glory of the Lord simply because you're at a place in your life that you can just be in God's presence. My boy Broderick said it best. I know that I can really be around somebody and love them when we don't have to talk. God always wants you to talk to him, whether he responds or not. The beautiful thing is, is that you can take solace if you aren't hearing anything right away simply because you know he loves you, he's never going to let you go, and he's always there every step of the way. Some points in your life are simply learning points. He wants you to try it for yourself and use the tools that he has given you because it's not your strength. 
It's not your knowledge. It's not your merit that's going to get the job done. But it is all those things from God that he has put inside of you to make it happen. So just like the title says, fly high. Take your wings that God has given you. Mount up. Soar into the sky and proclaim to everybody just how good Jesus has been to you, how good he's going to be because you know he always has something great for you right around the corner. And all you have to do when times seem their worst is to just hold on because it's right there. It's literally right there. When you feel like you just can't push any further, I encourage you to push just that much more. Because that's the enemy trying to make you think that God is somehow reneged on his word. But always remember who we're dealing with. The enemy is the father of lies and he has nothing good that he can ever tell you. But God, who is the essence of all that is good, true and pure, has already done everything that needs to be done. And he's just letting it play out for you to see where you stand with him and how much he truly loves you. So 1 John chapter 5, verses 5 through 11. And the Bible says, Who is the one who is victorious and overcomes the world? It is the one who believes and recognizes the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he who came through water and blood, his baptism and death. Jesus Christ not only by the water, but by the water and the blood. It is the Holy Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. He is the essence and origin of truth itself. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And they are three that bear witness on the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. Since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God, and God has testified about his Son. All who believe in the Son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar, because they don't believe what God has testified about his Son. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. As I was reading this earlier, um, Total Praise was playing by Donnie McClurkin, and I just had to stop doing what I was doing, and I just had to praise the Lord because it just made me think about all the good things he's done in my life, all the bad things that he has kept me out of, all the rotten situations that I put myself in, but that he picked me up and put my feet back on solid ground. And then he pushed me in the right direction that I needed to go. That when that thing broke inside of me, and you know what I mean if you're listening with your spirit, when it broke inside of me and I knew that enough was enough, and I decided that it was time to truly devote my life to God, then he made me realize so much. And within those first few months, I, I couldn't stop crying. Not because I was sad, but because I was overjoyed that I was now free. 
that I was now going to actually get somewhere in my life because I wasn't trying to do things my way or the world's way or figure out some nefarious scheme that may have looked good from the outside, but on the inside it was really rotten because I was still dead on the inside. But I say that to say that God himself has testified about the goodness of his son because of the perfect obedience that Jesus showed. He came here, the fullness of God. He's not separate from God, but he is God. The Bible just said it right there, that the three are one, not that three are separate. It's like with a triangle. It's a top point, a side, and another side. Though they are different divisions of said triangle, they are still one unilateral shape. You don't separate them because it wouldn't make sense. The same thing with the word of God. The Father has given us everything we need. And the word activates that measure of faith that we're put here with. And then the Holy Spirit is then sent to take the word we've heard, to make it make sense so that the word himself, being Jesus, can reveal the glory of the Father and then the Father reveals the full glory of the Son in the Trinity. It's just so beautiful. Our words don't give it enough. But in accordance to our, our lesson for tonight, we believe this because we've been shown it. It's not something that I just say because it's, it's nice to say no. I always glorify Jesus because of what I've seen him do. Not just in my life, but in my family's life, in strangers' life, in people just in general in their lives. I've seen people go from, from, from suffering drug addicts to, to saved and sanctified. People who had addictions that just didn't seem like they ever had an end. To being free and walking around as if they never suffered in the first place. People who once used to, to take lives for fun, but now are the most adamant and faithful servants out there. And I don't ever think that we're capable of doing that because we're not, but that's Jesus. And it's a testimony that I will bear witness to until God takes me home. Because Jesus is the only one who can save you. He's the only one that can make a difference in your life. He's the reason why. We're here faithfully every Friday night, listening to the word, digging deep into the word, sharing what God has done in our lives, sharing what he's placed in our hearts. And I don't even have words for it, but glory be to God, we have the Trinity residing inside of us. It's how we get through this life. And then they bear witness to what Jesus did. And then here on this earth, the Holy Spirit, the blood and the water that came pouring out of his side, that came streaming down his head, that came gushing from his back, that flew out of his, his wrist. Oh, Jesus. Glory be to God. Father, just keep me centered. Romans chapter 10, verses 5 through 17. There are instances where you just get so hot with the word that you don't even have words, but I thank God for his presence. Uh, so we'll start off. This is an open Bible moment. I'll put it on screen. 
And verse 5 says, For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, Don't say in your heart, Who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth? And don't say, Who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again? In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. Or as the, the King James says, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God is so good. As it was pointed out, we're going to meet obstacles in this life. We're going to meet opposition. Though we're trying to get people helped, we're trying to get people saved, we're trying to show them, not according to our example, but by Jesus' example, on how to live this life, on how to walk it out. There's opposition because the enemy has people tricked. He has them deceived and duped into believing that you can live this life according to what you see fit because you inevitably have the power to do whatever you need to get done. That's a lie. We probably knew or probably have known since we were children that when we try to take things into our own hands, they usually go wrong. And not even usually, they always go wrong. If not for parents, then children would probably not see past their childhood. But because of God the Father, who is all who wants to be our Father, everyone's Father, He has made a way for us to, to grow up. He has made a way for us to be nurtured, for us to be educated, for us to be fed, for us to to be uh to have our thirst quench. He's made a way literally for everything that we need in this life. And because of that, it is why we testify to the goodness of his name. Not just because of how good he is, but because of the infinite love, the countless depths of the chasm of his love that he has shown throughout all of humanity. That the minute we messed up, he didn't get rid of us, but instead he made us a promise that he would bring us back to him, that he would give us salvation, 
that he would return us to our original state, which was to be in his presence, which was to be his child, his children. And I thank him for that, because without Jesus, I wouldn't be here right now. I can count too many occasions where my life would have been forfeit simply from idiotic things I've chosen. But since we're testifying, let me put it out there for y'all. God has kept me away from drugs. God has kept me away from a life filled with uh, promiscuity. God has kept me away from running with the wrong crowd. Even when I wanted to try to do some of those things, it either went nowhere or the second I, I felt it, it was just like, no, I cannot do that. Not because it's, it's me that doesn't want to, but it was the Lord inside of me who had already taken root saying, baby, no, I'm just not going to let you do that. And like a good parent, that's what God is doing in all of our lives. If we would let him just be our father, if we would take a seat and listen to what God is saying, instead of trying to run your life because you think you're grown, you would understand that you are nothing more than an older child who still needs guidance, who still needs to be led, who still needs to be told what to do. When you put yourself in the place of humility, God will uplift you. God will raise you. He will make your name great amongst people. But when you get a big head and you start to think that maybe I could do God's job better than he can, then you get humbled. And as my grandmother, as my mom, as countless other people who have been on their Christian journey longer than me have, they've all told me the same thing. You do not want a whipping from God. So be smart. Be wise. Listen to the testimony of others. Because aside from us telling you how good God is, there's wisdom to be garnered. Little jewels for you to adorn your crown with. So that when you get presented with a, a bad situation or some obstacle arises in life, you're always reminded of the things that God has told you through another brother or another sister. And I thank him for that. Mark chapter 5, verses 14 through 20. The Bible says the herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran as they ran. Uh, people pushed out, people rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the, the ten towns, or Decapolis, as the King James says, of that region, and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. The importance of that is, at, about this story, is that the man was demon-possessed with thousands of demons. They called themselves legion. And no matter what he did, no matter 
who came by, there was no help for him. There was no hope. It was one of those impossible moments for humans, for man, for humanity. But then Jesus, God himself steps in and he flexes his authority. And he asks the demon what his name was. And the demon is terrified because he knows exactly who he's dealing with. He is dealing with the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the great I am that I am, the ancient of days. And now he is trembling in his boots and he's begging God to not send him to a desert place, to not send him to desolate land. And then he notices pigs and asks Jesus, can I go in there? And Jesus permits it. That's the important thing I want you guys to remember before we finish this. Every situation in your life where Satan or his cohorts wants to do something to you, they need to beg God, can they do it? They need to plead with the creator, can they touch you, God's most precious creation that he gave his only begotten son life for, who he's sacrificed countless nations and hasn't spared a single thing for simply because he loves you. The man was free now. He was free because the son set him free. And whenever we know the truth, we are set free and we are free indeed. And he wanted to follow Jesus. He wanted to go with him on his journey. But Jesus had another plan for him. And that plan was to go testify, to go spread the news of what God had done in his life. And when he did it, everyone who heard was amazed because stories like that pass around. They knew that there was this man who was just belligerent, who was a raging demoniac, literally. But God had worked his power and made the impossible possible. Because just as Jesus said when the disciples asked him, who can get to heaven? With humans, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. So the testimony of what God had done in his life spread. And it made the enemy just that much more upset because it's like everything I try to do, I can't stop Jesus. I can't get him down. I can't end God's plan. Even when I tried to kill him on the cross, I thought I had won. But he flipped it on me because that was his plan in the first place. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you this simply because when you feel like you're losing, when you feel like you've lost, praise God in the midst of it. Because in the midst of it all, he's right there with you. He is your all in all. He's the reason why you can keep going. Like I told you guys last week, he's your inspiration when you don't have any. He's your strength when you lack. He's your peace where you've had nothing but, but misery. He is your joy where you have nothing but sorrow. He is the answer to all of your issues, to your worries, to your concerns. And we praise his name, not just because he's good, but because he's the only one that deserves it. So testify, tell somebody how good God has been, not just in your life, but in somebody else's life. I thank God for the testimony that Roger gave at the beginning of last week, because it helped me talk about some things that I needed to get out. It helped my boy Micah get some things out who had also been dealing with some things. And then there was just this big praise break where we talked about how good God had been and how good he's going to be because we know it and we can expect it because of our faith. And we just went on and on and on for hours. 
And it's not like it was this, this strenuous thing, but no, it was joyous. And Jesus loves when we talk about him. He said that wherever there are two or three gathered in his name, that he will be right there in the midst of them. So I love to glorify my father, not because I want something from him, but because I want someone else to get saved. I want someone else to be set free, to be delivered. And the only way that that can happen is if we share the word of God and we testify about what it has done in each and in all of our lives. Luke chapter 21, verses 8 through uh, 15. The Bible says, he replied, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming that I am the Messiah, or I am Christ, or I am he, depending on your translation, and saying, the time has come, but don't believe them. And when you hear of wars and insurrections, don't panic. Yes, these things must take place first, but the end won't follow immediately. And then he added, nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and there will be famines and plagues in many lands. And there will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, there will be a time of great persecution. You will be dragged into synagogues and prisons, and you will stand trial before kings and governors, before you are my followers. This will be a time and an opportunity for you to testify about me. So don't worry in advance about how to answer the charges against you, for I will give you the right words and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. Now, for me personally, this is one of my favorite things. I've always struggled in my life to find the right words to say, to find the, the right moment or the opportunity to say something of importance or to encourage somebody. But when I, when me, Jr., when I stop trying to do it for my own merit or to be beneficial for me in some way, and I look to heaven, just like at the start of this and like every week, I always ask that God would put his words on my lips because I don't want people to see me. I don't want people to hear me. I want them to hear and see God who has turned my life around, who turned me from a ball of anger, hatred, rage, jealousy, uh, laziness, just everything that you could think of that could be wrong with the person. He took all of that and he turned it around and he made a completely new creation, a new baby boy for him to have into the kingdom. And I can't thank God enough for that. So when you're in these situations where people are trying to drag your name through the dirt, where they want to do harm to you simply because you are doing God's work, Jesus has already told you, don't even worry about that. Because not only do I have my, my strong arm protecting you, but I'm going to put my words and my wisdom inside of you so that no matter who you go against, Satan included, our biggest enemy, no matter what you're up against, I'm going to overcome it for you, through you, by my power. So testify about how good God is, because that's the, that's the two come that I'm talking about. No matter what's going to happen, God has already worked it out because he's already went ahead of you to prepare the way. So praise him in advance 
for what's to come because God just deserves it because he's already did the footwork for you. Last but not least, Philippians 1, uh, verse 27 through 30. And the Bible says, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. Let me repeat that. Don't be intimidated in any way whatsoever by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved, even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You are not alone. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. Takeaways from this. One, live your life as a testimony. Let people see when they see you that that is a changed person by Christ Jesus. Jesus' power, his sacrifice, all the, the teachings that he's left, not just in the word, but in the atmosphere, because we know that if everything was written that he did or said, the world couldn't contain its values. So shout out to Granny, because she helped me see that that means that everything that we could ever hope for or have questions to, it's out there. And all we have to do is ask God, and he'll show us where it is. He'll show us how to do it. Not to mention, don't be afraid of your enemies. Don't let them intimidate you because they're already defeated. That's why we're told to pray for our enemies so that they too could one day repent and get on this side and avoid the inevitable destruction because they're going to be destroyed if they don't get saved. But because God's ultimate plan is that all would be saved, if they would just come unto him, accept the sacrifice that Jesus paid for, and then live this life accordingly, then nobody would have to perish. But because people just want to be hard of heart and thick-headed, that won't happen. But the prayers of a righteous man, the effectual fervent prayers, avail much. So you never know who got saved simply because you prayed for them. Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you, Lord. Lord God, we thank you for the testimony that is of Jesus the Christ, your son, Lord. It is the testimony, the, the ultimate testimony, the one that gets us saved, the one that makes the crooked places straight, the one that takes our scarlet sins and washes them white as snow. It makes them white like lamb's wool, Lord. And Lord God, we thank you for the testimony. We thank you for the privilege of not only being able to trust in you and to be saved by you, but being able to labor with you and for you, God. Lord, we thank you so much for all that you do, for all that you've done and for all that you're going to do. It's my prayer tonight that our testimonies, Lord, that the testimony of the saints, that the testimonies of your word going forth and prevailing over anything that the enemy could throw at us. Lord, I ask that it would touch somebody's heart 
somebody that's not in the family would hear about you, God, and they would get saved. Or somebody who's already in the family would hear more about you, Lord, that they would learn more about you and that they would overcome their issues, that they would overcome their trials and their tribulations. Because God, when we testify about you and what you've done in our lives, we open up the pathway for healing in another believer's life. We open up the pathway for overcoming, Lord, for a more intertwined salvation, Father, for uplifting, for healing, for everything that we need. Because inside of you, Christ Jesus, is all the answers. It's all the water. It's all the food. It's all the rest. It's all the joy, the peace, the strength. It's everything that we could ever desire or need, and it's all wrapped up inside of you, Lord, our true identity being wrapped up in the Godhead that is Jesus the Christ. So, Father, we just thank you so much. We ask that you would give us the strength to keep pressing forward and to keep just boldly speaking and proclaiming your truth because you are the only truth in this messed up and corrupted world. So, Father, bless those out there who need you, Lord. And for those who already have you, bless them in a special way because, God, times are hard, times are rough. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen anyone who calls on your name not get an answer, not get a breakthrough, not get healing, not get manifestation, not get a miraculous recovery. I've never seen you forsake anyone that earnestly calls on your name. So, Lord, let your people and let your new people who are coming in, let them cry out to you, Lord. Let all of us cry out to you because, God, we desperately need you. Father, be with us always as you continually lead us down the paths of righteousness and continually be our lamp and our light until our feet. It's these things we thank you for in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hey, family. I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form, or fashion today. Each week, we hold Bible study on Zoom, and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed.